So we got great feedback on Off the Post Live on video. And uh, Jeff, based on your wife's input, I, I wore this shirt for her today. Um, <laughs> I've been... I, I wore this shirt today, but I've been on a kick. Um, a lot of you saw the picture that I put on Twitter of myself uh, wearing the old 1994 U.S. World Cup denim jersey, uh, doing my best uh, Alexi Lawless impersonation uh, that got some love from Alexi. Uh, I, of course, have a, a Red Wolves kit, and uh, I've been on a little bit of a kick using birthday money, trying to get uh, different kits from around the world. Um, you know, we put word out to our friends in Biggleswade. Hey, hey, Biggleswade. Um, if you know, if you're feeling like uh, like sending some kits this way, let us know. And uh, and we'd love to to rep the new Biggleswade kit. Was fire? Did you guys see that Biggleswade United kit? It looked great. It really did look good. I, I like the un, the uh, the lion in the background. That's good stuff. Yes. So. I feel like as far as midlife crises go, which my son literally asked me the other day if I was going through it, buying a ton of soccer jerseys and being the 40-year-old in soccer jerseys with socks and sandals isn't a bad way to go. Soccer chat with two Ts because we're going to chat about soccer, but we're also in Chattanooga. So it's like a play on words. And, you know, Chattanooga is a soccer city. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode five of season three of the show that is Soccer Chat. We have producer Adam Bruce, senior correspondent Wolfman Jeff, and of course, I'm your host, Alex. Uh, we already covered our Off the Post Live, but uh, now that you guys have had a chance to sleep on it, are there any thoughts, any other thoughts about North Texas and how that game finished? I think just the overall, and I already had this impression, but uh, just overall please with how well we did knowing that some of our key fixtures were not there. Um, and so that was just, um, and I'm pretty excited for all, all of these people who we, who we were up until now were unknown factors are showing they could step up. And so, you know, I still want to see, uh, some of these others, um, come and see what, um, they can do, but, uh, really excited for the pieces that we already have. Yeah. So my biggest takeaway was, after sleeping on it was, man, we got lucky that we got out of there with three points. Um, it was a really good save at the end of the game by Mora Mora, but even more so, I think we're lucky because we should have scored more than we did. We had so many opportunities. And that's that's probably my biggest takeaway is I am so glad we got out of there with three points because that would have been one of those down the road we might be kicking ourselves if we hadn't. Much like the way we started our season last year, you know, conceding – in stoppage time to come away with a draw when really we deserve that win. Um, and uh, we had nominated for save of the week, of course, Sebastian Moramora's big save in the 90th minute that did seal the win. Uh, we have Jimmy Villalobos nominated for goal of the week. 
We've got two guys on the team of the week. So it really was just kind of an all around great way to kick off the season. Well, I think it was, uh, it certainly was our first time to get a win in North Texas. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't it the first uh, win uh, for, or, or actually the first loss for North Texas at home? First one in a couple of years. I think at some point in the first season, they may have lost a game, uh, mm. but they did not at all last year. Uh, so it was a big deal they, to come away with that victory. Okay. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. I do think that um, I still want to hold on with what I said. There was a lot to be positive for. We did get lucky. And uh, but going in the next match, I think we're um, I think we're in a really good position to start off with much better than I was expecting. So so let me ask you guys this. You, Alex just mentioned those uh, nominations we have. Have you guys watched uh, the uh, save of the week nominations for all three? Yeah. Yes. So I, I hate to say this. I don't think I don't think more and more deserves save of the week uh, as I much knew, as I, I knew you would be that guy. As much as I want to be the homer, did you guys see that? I mean, top corner save in the in the Greenville um, in, in CFC game. Like that was that was a pretty sweet save. Yeah, and and props to our man Fitzy too, and um, so he he is a very good keeper. But so the, I, I, I got to wait, wait before you say that, Jeff. That Fitzy goal was he muffed it and then. Went back and got it. I, or, right. I'm sorry, that didn't deserve save of the week. That deserved <laughs> you. Good, good that you didn't lose the game for your team save of the week. I, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I, I just said it's good to see Fitzy mentioned there because oh. we give him such a hard time. Gotcha. At this point, I'm sure Fitzy's just glad his defender didn't finish it off as they've been in the habit of doing. But <laughs> when you look oh. at the time of the game and the fact that it sealed the victory. It was a save that kept a game from being a draw at the very end. I think that puts Moramora over the top. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to argue with you on that. Like timing wise, it was it was probably the most impactful to the overall end of the game or the impact of the game. I just thought the individual save itself. Uh, I don't know. It was very honestly. It was a little reminiscent of the mistake made by Ricky Ruiz earlier in the game where. I thought their their players should have gone far post, not near post, and they would have had a much, he would have had a better shot. Similar to how Ricky Ruiz tried to go near post, and if he had just gone across goal, would have had an easy goal. Yeah, I think outside of the goal that we got, that say was probably the most um, monumental part of the of the game. Or of yeah. course, it was near the end, so it sticks in your mind too. So, but that that was a changer or save. So <laughs> quick whip around of the other results in the league. We had Richmond with a 2-0 victory over Tormenta uh, in a game in honor of the uh, late coach David Bulow. Um, you know, our thoughts and prayers are still with our friends at River City 93 and all of you folks in, in Richmond and in the, in the Red Army. Uh, sorry for your loss and, uh, and really excited for you that you were able to get that victory at home turn things around after you've had a couple losses, but also just get that victory and have a chance to, to be together as fans. Yeah. Uh, also had Greenville in a game where uh, NCFC with six Academy players on their roster managed to go toe to toe with the team Greenville that we are all sure is going to be one of the best teams in the league. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah. 
I was uh, surprised that they were that close. I didn't watch the whole match, but I watched some of the some of the highlights and so forth. I was surprised that North Carolina played as close to it as they did. So, so I watched the first half of that game, and I would say North Carolina looked like the stronger team for much of that half. Um, I don't, I don't, I haven't really watched fully all the other Greenville games, so I don't know if that's just how they normally look or if they were down that game. But overall, I felt like uh, they looked strong and they, they looked like the better team for that first half. And it was a weak penalty. Can I just say that? <laughs> I think you just did say that. Okay, so. it, it was a weak penalty. When you say weak, do you mean poorly taken or a soft penalty by the referee? Soft penalty by the referee. It was a league, it was a league one ref call. Let's put it that way. Fair enough. Okay. We also had a 1-1 draw, Madison and Tucson. First draw of the year in league one, by the way. Okay. So Good stat, so I guess, to a, hear. A thing that happened, and uh, that's our whip around. That is – well, was, we also we also had that game on Friday, the Union Omaha Inter Miami two or oh correct or whatever you want to call them, you know Fort Lauderdale, the baby two teams for baby Beckham's whatever you want to go with, um, no goal no goal by uh, um, Thirsty Hursty. So uh, yeah, I mean that game was pretty much a an easy victory. It was one of those two nothing that could have been three or four from what I understand. So. So, so far, we're really not seeing much change for Fort Lauderdale. Um, so they haven't really haven't impressed me at this new year that they've made some major changes. They're the kind of team that's really frisky when you face them. And then you look at the record and say, they're not really doing as well as you might think when you watch them in the game. Yeah. That's kind of my general feeling. And I know that uh, Toronto tends to be the same way. Um, and, uh, and even sometimes new England, although we haven't had a trouble, you know, beating them twice last year, uh, which is the game that's coming up. So huge week for USL Wednesday, which is tomorrow from the day we're recording. This is going to be new England taking on Omaha. That's right. Uh, and then on Saturday, Madison taking on NCFC, and that leads into a big day Sunday with lots of matches. The biggest, Greenville versus Omaha on ESPN2. So not the yeah. ESPN Plus streaming, but on ESPN2 as part of a doubleheader with the USL, basically rematch of what would have been the championship game. Um, and then Fort Lauderdale, Tucson, North Texas, Tormenta, and the last game of the weekend, the premier game, the one that they make sure they get everything out of the way <laughs> before they have us face New England. Uh, That's right. And we'll be, we'll be playing them after New England takes on Columbus, not crew anymore. I yeah, really like when they do that. Like, if you're going to have these two teams, get a chance to allow those players that are on those two teams to play in front of bigger home crowds. And that does that for them. So I like when they do that. North Texas can't do that because they don't even play in the same stadium as Dallas. But those those teams that do, the more often they can do that, I think the better environment it will create. Because let's be honest, two teams don't have large followings. And there's a reason for that because they're the two team of an MLS team, which typically that fan group is looking for a little bit higher level play. So it gets more fans in there, gets more eyes on those players, and it gives them a chance to play in front of a larger crowd. 
you know, granted, New England's not known for their large crowds to begin with, but it's still better than what they're going to get if they're standalone. So I really like that they're doing that. Yeah, they're now really just lucky that Belichick lets them use the field at all. <laughs> it is interesting that all of our two teams now um, are um, in the same town, even though they're called Fort Lauderdale, they play at the same stadium that Miami plays in. Um, now, it is a different stadium for uh, North Texas, and it's yeah. a very special practice field that they play in Toronto, which is probably apropos. But it's interesting. So if it was, say, instead of at Gillette, maybe if they were playing in Lowell or they were playing somewhere in, a, in, a, in another New England market, yeah, I wonder if they would get more of a following um, than – playing at the same place that the big boys play. So I, I think that's kind of a dis it's, it's a cost savings for them, but I, it's really probably hard to build a, a big fan base for the uh, JVs. Yeah. So we, uh, we're going to be taking on new England on Sunday. They'll be coming off a, uh, a game on Wednesday what do you guys expect to see from New England in this match when we take them on Sunday night? Not much. To be blunt, um, they did they did well in their first match, and I think it was against uh, it was a one win um, over Fort Lauderdale, which has underwhelmed. So I think that the um, I. Sirakowski was the one that got the goal the 50th minute in the second half. Uh, but then they followed that with a, um, a, a nil three loss at home against the kickers. And again, you know, a lot of it is because it's the kickers and they are a solid team. But so right now I, I don't see new England as being a big threat. Um, we have to take them serious, but I, uh, it's, it's not a thing I'm, I'm not like quaking in my boots or anything. So, so of note that last game against Richmond was April 17th. Yes. So they have gone no. practically a month without playing a game. Now they're going to play Wednesday and then again Sunday. Yes, that's notable. Well, and the other thing that that I would I would mention is they were two completely different types of games for New England versus Fort Lauderdale and versus Richmond and the, in the game versus um, Fort Lauderdale, they Fort Lauderdale actually had the majority of possession by a significant margin, 59 to 41. And then it flipped versus Richmond where Richmond really set back and New England had 66% of possession to 34%. And I know possession is one of those stats that, that people overanalyze, but for me, it's just, the drastic difference in the two different ways those games are played. I'm wondering how that will play with our style where we're very attacking. Um, how will that fit? Like, will that, will that go well for us? Or, you know, is it better that you allow them to have possession like Richmond did? I just be interesting to see how that works out. I, I suspect that that was based on the decision of the Richmond coach going into the match, looking at new England. And I think that was a strategy from Richmond. They're saying, hey, let them have the ball. That's fine. We're going to be there on the counter. I think the way, and I have a feeling 
that uh, how Coach Jimmy wants to play is how it's going to be dictated. I think it was different with Fort Lauderdale because I don't think that they really had a – because I watched the match. I don't think Fort Lauderdale had much of a plan and uh, going into it. And from what I did see of the Richmond game, even though, yeah, um, New England had the possession, I don't think they had the plan. And uh, so I think we are going to have um, – I think we're going to start off strong like we did this time in the first half. We're going to dominate and try to hold on to it in the second half. And that's kind of been the, our story the last two last year. So looking at us from our perspective, of course, we talked about a lot of guys missing from the red wolves in the first game. Do you guys foresee us getting any of them back? Daniel Navarro, Rafa Mensigan, um, are any of those players, maybe Wolafi, is he going to be available off the bench? Do you see any of those guys rejoining the squad for this game against New England? Well, obviously Ami's not, and I have a feeling Wally won't. I'm not sure what's keeping Navarro and Rafi out. I'm hoping we do see Rafi, but as I look at it and plan it, I'm <clears> expecting <throat> not. And and if one of them comes in, that's great. But I'm expecting not. Of any of them, I think the most likely is Rafi. So let me ask you guys this. Do you know if Rafi played in the Birmingham or the Memphis preseason games? Did he play in either of those? Yes, he was involved in the goal. If he, I don't know that he scored it, but he was the assist in the Memphis goal. Okay. So that, to me, says that he will be back. Because if you guys remember, the end of that um, home game that we hosted versus Atlanta 2, um, he – looked like he pulled up on a hamstring. You remember, I mean, remember me pointing that out, like, and that's why I was wondering, like, was he playing in those other preseason games? My thought is he may have tweaked it a little bit more and they wanted to give him a little extra rest. Um, but hopefully it really is just a small tweak and I would like to see him back. Cause I really do think if he had played in that game versus North Texas, he would have put one or two in, in the back of the net. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, he's the only one I think is coming back right away. Uh, I don't think our coach is going to be playing um, players out of position as much as he did, speaking specifically to uh, the center back position, if he expected to get Navarro back that quickly. Okay, yeah. Um, I do think that of them, well, I, I do think Wally would have a great impact. I'm not expecting Wally back anytime very soon, uh, but I do think that if Rafi is available, it's going to make a big change, and and that's at least one more goal possibly too. So one change that I think I could see without any of these players returning is Marky Hernandez going from the bench into the starting lineup, possibly Mm -hmm. moving Ricky Ruiz back or maybe even rotating him to come off the bench. He's got, you know, multiple positions if they need him defensively or offensively. Uh, And I think having that uh, with the press that they had, the success that they had with Villalobos and uh, Carrera Garcia and uh, Galindrez, that that's really going to be something that's going to, to push the game forward and uh, and really allow them to feast on New England by pressing up on the ball. Yeah. The other thought was if you have Marky start is maybe move Ricky to where Roe was and have Roe come off the bench. Mm-hmm. That's another option. But again, you know, th- those guys are very adaptable. I also am wondering, are we going to maybe see Trilk start and see that as a rotation with our keepers, and I, I don't. We're going to see what, what's going to happen with that. I actually would like to see more of a of a, of a rotation for our keepers this year. 
Yeah, I think that's a that's a good call out. We talked about that in the first pregame when we were trying to figure out like who was going to be the keeper. And I think we all said we thought more and more might get the start, but we also thought it would be a, a weekly um, who's doing the best in practice. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see that. Um, that said, more and more had a really good game, and sometimes you stick with the hot hand, right? And so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see him continue to start. My question is, would do you guys think that we're going to continue to use? Balake as a off the bench guy, or will he occasionally get a start? I think he will occasionally get a start, but I think you're going to, you know, this game where we've got eight days between, uh, I think that's plenty of time for the recovery to allow Galindrez to continue to start. Uh, he got the assist in the game. So here yeah. again, it's not like a performance issue where you want to sit him and see if the other guy can get something going. Uh, so I believe we're going to see things get frishy around the 60th minute yet again yeah I, I i think it worked well and i think we're going to see that for a while unless we need to make the change uh but i i thought he brought a, a really good spark uh as well as jackson all right well action jackson let's do our painful predictions how do you think this game's gonna go i'll start on this one i'm gonna go big I'm going to go with a 4 nothing victory for the Red Bulls. That would be that would be Neil to 4, Jeff. And, and that just, would be Neil to, yes, yeah, yes, just, yes. just to help Jeff understand since he thinks he's European. In my land of pretentia, <laughs> I'm going to be a little more reserved if we get the similar lineup. A conservative also nil 1. If Rafi starts, I think it's nil 3. So I'm in the same boat as you. I think if we have Rafa back, we're looking at something like a 3 nothing. I think without Rafa, we still have a very good game, lots of pressure, chances to score, uh, but I think it's more of like a 2-1 to one without, um, you know, the sustained attack from Rafa. Uh, we're still going to have, you know, we may, may surrender one, uh, but I see us really handling the game comfortably. All right. Um, I just had one other fun thing to, to look at um, based on um, other American leagues that are under getting underway. It's so great to see everything now. Everything has started. So, guys, um, what is one USL championship or MLS game that you're excited about this weekend? Well, before we jump into that, if you don't mind, there is another – uh, thing I'd like to talk about before we get too far into that. And um, just as kind of a, when we start looking at like Red Wolves and, and Red Wolves land, I just want to mention for those of you that don't know, the Lady Red Wolves do come back and they have their first away match um, coming up on the 15th, which is a, a week from Saturday. Um, this game's Sunday for us on the, on the men's team. Um, check them out. Trying to take a look at that. Uh, I expect they to be a very dominant team yet again. They brought back a lot of the same players from the uh, uh, league championship team from 2019. They did not have a season due to COVID last year. Uh, so I just wanted to mention those late Rebels and that that season's coming up. Look for those season tickets. They're really reasonable. Chance to go. Uh, another reason to get to CHI and root on some Red Bulls. But um, that away game is coming up. Um, their, their first home game, I was trying to figure that out, but I don't know exactly what it is. And they played this, they played a preseason game this last weekend and won three one. So, yeah, it's uh, the first one is in Huntsville. 
and it's against North Alabama SC, and it's twelve dollars for that match, but you get to see a, uh, a a friendly match with another team out of Chattanooga with the men first at four o'clock if you want to do that. Uh, but um, they are going to be starting. I think the first home match is um, going to be on a Sunday, and I'm gonna, I've got that. Um, I had just gotten that from. Um, Gretchen, I know that the uh, season passes are going to be eleven. Uh, sorry, seventy-five dollars, and that's for the entire year, and that's at, at any spot through there. So, um, it should and be it, a really good season. I'm planning on going to that first game. So you're saying I would get a chance to sit in those fancy seats that Kay Baker gets to sit in every yes. Bowl game? Oh yes, I will. I will get there, and I'll just you know cuddle up to that. I will bring the cowbell in her honor. <laughs> so Actually, our senior correspondent might go be in Huntsville. Uh, yes. Jeff, how do you see that game going? Uh, I'm, you know, what I'm just knowing how dominant uh, the Lady Red Wolves were the last time that they played. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, talking with Gretchen, uh, she's very excited about this new t- uh, about this new year. They're off to a good start. And one thing they have that we don't. With their new uh, U, is it the U twenty one side they have? Yes. Is as opposed to us, where we can draw from Dalton, but we have to sign them pretty much for long term for the year. They can call them in per match, so they wow. could have a younger player they're developing play all the games, but as they need to pull in and fill up that roster, especially if they if they've got a position they're a little uh they need a little more work on or if you've got a player that you know you want to keep hot that that player could play as much as as you need to so that's that's going to be a a, an interesting factor that's going to be with the lady red wolves this year very cool i say first game wide open lady red wolves win five to two um i'm gonna go sisters don't let me down Three one, three one, same same spread, but I don't think uh, North Alabama is, is going to get two on us. Uh, I'm going to go two one, um, Red Bulls. That's Lady Rebels. That's my that's my pick on that. I, like I said, I, I think they're going to have a strong season. Very cool. All right, so guys, what's a what's a championship or a uh, MLS game that you guys are excited about? Never mind my phone playing in a uh, <laughs> autoplay. <laughs> yeah, um, I was trying to see when the next – there was a Phoenix Rising game. I'm trying to think what day it was. It wasn't – it is yeah. on Saturday. It is Saturday. It's the, against the Rowdies, and the reason why I'm excited about this game is the head coach of the Rowdies used to be a player at Wolverhampton. And uh, so they're playing my hometown team, which is uh, Phoenix Rising. So it's going to be an interesting match just for personal reasons. So for me on the USL championship side, it's also a game on Saturday, but it's Birmingham versus Memphis, mainly because they have a really fun back and forth that they have in social media between their their various um, supporter groups, even bringing in actually fans from uh, – the other side of the pond to to weigh in on it, uh, which has been enjoyable as well. So uh, they the that's kind of been 
a fun thing to watch for the, ever since Birmingham kind of came in the league. And so uh, that's what I'm looking most forward to. I know uh, Nashville is playing Real Salt Lake. Not real excited about Real Salt Lake, but I've been paying attention to Nashville, and uh, I think they've got some um, some fun play. Having watched Philadelphia Union play so well in the CONCACAF champions, uh, they're playing, and they should take out the Red Bulls pretty easily. Going to be watching my Timbers in San Jose. Want them to uh, get off the snide. But also the other MLS game I have circled, uh, LAFC and Seattle Sounders, and I am rooting for injuries. <laughs> that, was, so, that wow. was presented so well that I completely caught off guard by it. Well done. Well done. Uh, Good. Wow. All right. Well, we're going to give Adam some time to uh, edit out the the 10 minutes of me dropping out of the podcast and jumping back in the podcast and 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 all of that. Uh, and we're going to go with a interview with Jimmy Villalobos, going to talk to him about his first goal with the Red Wolves and his soccer journey and how he ended up in Chattanooga. So don't go away. <laughs> So we are here with Red Wolves' leading scorer, Jimmy Villalobos. Uh, Jimmy, thanks so much for taking the time to see us. Uh, signing with the Red Wolves, I know, was the second most exciting thing of your summer, as uh, shortly after we got the announcement, we saw that you got engaged. Is that correct? Or am I thinking of a different player? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> awesome. How are the uh, wedding plans going? Oh, no, you're great. It's great. Yeah. Uh, we're actually just talking right now. Um, we're looking at the wedding for uh, next year, but uh, we're trying to figure out um, how many family members and budget and all that. You know, it's complicated, but uh, we're, we're yeah, doing um, some good talks and we're hoping to have the wedding next year. So, so my advice that you haven't asked for three words nacho cheese fountain mm. <laughs> what does that mean thank you. nacho thank cheese you. fountain <laughs> get yourself a nacho cheese fountain at the reception you'll thank me yeah. later yeah have it flowing <laughs> flowing like a uh, Alrighty. Alrighty. like a golden state force <laughs> yes so Talk to us about the mindset that the team had uh, as you guys were heading to Dallas in this uh, this big win where you took three points. Uh, I mean, well, everyone was ha um, everyone had a positive um, mood, uh, attitude. Uh, they were going uh, with high hopes to bring back the three points. Obviously, it was uh, one of many first games. Like a couple of players haven't played like in six months, five months. So um, our attitude, we just go out there and get the three, the three points. You know, the away games are the most important ones. You know, um, obviously getting a tie or a win on the road is very important, especially in this league. After seeing it last year, I mean, all the games were tough. So it was like one zero, um, zero zero. So um, all the players were motivated and ready to get the three points on the road, and we actually did that. So very good. Now, I know just before the match, like the week before, we met you in person in Chattanooga. 
Uh, was that your first time to kind of meet any of the fans at the uh, Jersey reveal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a little nice uh, setup. It was my first time to see all, some of the fans there. Um, it's, it, I mean, it's exciting, you know. I've never been like to a, a club that has like a fan base and goes to like games and like cheering, you know. So it's, it was a good, it was a good, um, good moment in the reveal party and knowing some of the, some of the fans and excited, you know, excited for the home opener. So you got uh, named to the uh, team of the week. Uh, also nominated for goal of the week. I don't think we've seen the final results of that yet, uh, but you ought to win walking away. Otherwise, it's obviously rigged. Yeah. Talk to us about how the goal happened. What was going through your mind <laughs> as you went crashing in? Uh, I mean, uh, I could just explain a little bit about the, the play. I mean, we uh, our mindset was pressing the team and getting the ball. Um, we luckily got the ball. And we did like a connection between... Uh, Caposucci gave it to Ricky, Ricky turned, and he gave it to Galindez. I mean, me and Galindez have had a little connection in the preseason games. Um, when we, we have that play down, you know, he always checks in, he lays it off, and I just come back and just score it. I mean, when I scored the goal, I was kind of nervous because I didn't know what to do, to celebrate with my team or go celebrate in the corner or <laughs> celebrate to my girlfriend. It was just like, it was, it, was a good, uh, it was a good moment. It was a good moment, but it was a team effort, and uh, – I was happy to ha- uh, get my one of my pro debut goals, you know, in the in the away game. So I mean, it was happy. It was exciting. Very good. Now it seemed a couple of times like we might be able to get some more goals out through there. So um, how did it feel interacting with um, with all the different players? You mentioned Ricky, and you mentioned. Uh, Glendres, that you kind of connected with them. What about some of the other players that you have some kind of feel? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, I've been, I played with uh, Jose. I played with Jason uh, at my old uh, college, university. Uh, I mean, I, I played with Ricky at Fours. Uh, Marky, I played several games. So I've had some connection with several of the players already. And I mean, I know how their style of play. I know what they want, where they want the ball. Um, and especially with Galindas, you know, the style of play, they brought him for a reason, you know, to connect on top and combine with the with the 10 and actually him scoring and connection and doing some wall passes. So I feel like they brought him for the same reason, you know, have that good connection and um, find the goal. So as you guys are preparing for this upcoming game against New England, what is the message from Coach Obleda? What are you guys talking about as you uh, as you approach that game? Uh, we're, we're ready. Uh, he, we're ready and we're um, excited to – go on the road again uh, and get the three points. You know, like I mentioned, like going on the road is, is very tough. I mean, it's very important to get the, the three the three points. And I mean, going into the game, we're strategizing and looking to score some more, go- more goals there. So that's the plan. Now this stadium, uh, Gillette Stadium, you may have heard of it before. It's got uh, some notoriety. I believe that the match was... Uh, move back to make room for for uh, the MLS uh, club. How does it feel having the MLS club warm up for you? Oh, it's exciting. You know, it's like, I mean, nobody could take that away from you, you know, like actually going to, uh, what is it, the Patriots Stadium? I mean, believe yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, so it's it's exciting, you know, save the best game for last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we wanted to talk a little bit about your career and your path to pro. You've talked about having a few of these guys as teammates in college and playing in NISA with LA Force, playing some with Ricky Ruiz. Um, talk about getting the phone call from um, Coach Obleda or Sean McDaniel uh, with that initial offer and what attracted you to coming to Chattanooga Red Wolves. I mean, well, coming out of university, I mean, I went to different combines, uh, but I mean, I got the call from Jimmy Obleda. Uh, we, I was supposed to come in last year, but I think things didn't go as well as planned. Um, but they've been, they've been on the, they've been seeing me for quite a while. So that's when I joined LA Force, the NISA. Um, so we had a, the whole COVID thing happened. So it was a, it was a hard, it was a hard thing. But we ended up having the tournament like in last September, um, and I did great in that tournament. In that tournament, so I was fortunate. And I got the call from Xiaomi again, and they, they were interested. And I mean, with with the heartbeat, you know, I was like, okay, that's where I want to go. You know, I want to go to a professional environment, a place where I could improve and keep um keep making it uh, my name out of, out of like the professional level and giving something for the fans in Chattanooga and experiencing something new. And uh, this is my first time leaving California, so it's, it was a big it was a big uh, jump and a. Uh, big difference for me out here so but um i'm excited and ready for the season opener and and enjoying chattanooga so so before la force you were at golden state force now uh, are those two teams related did one turn into the other i would the golden state force it's a professional development league it's a uh -huh. it's a summer league okay i don't know if you uh, it's like a usl2 okay usl2 team yeah, and actually, they just yeah, they actually just jumped up to be the the LA Force. They joined the NISA. Okay, so uh, we can say that the force is strong with you. Is that accurate? Yeah. <laughs> so I, as I'm doing puns, we have to make a reference to your name, and for us, uh, for us. For the non-Spanish speaker, what does your last name mean, Jimmy? Be a lobo, a lobo. I guess like a wolf. <laughs> so did you find it was like you had to be with the Red Wolves because you already are a Lobos? I actually, actually, my fiance, I didn't even pay attention to it. My fiance was like, be a Lobos. And then they put a hashtag, Lobos, and I was like, oh, you're married to be at Chattanooga. <laughs> you meant to be <laughs> at right. the Rivers. So. No. It's, yeah. it's your team, man. It's your team. Yeah, yeah. So it was it, it was a it was a good uh it was a good and then I started thinking to myself like okay yeah makes sense now you know <laughs> So you've talked about coming to the Red Wolves, getting to be part of, of a professional environment and things like that. Um, what are some of the things that you feel like the Red Wolves are able to offer, things that you have maybe in practice and stuff like that, that really helps you feel like you're improving your game? Um, just, the, just the players that they brought in, like the, the coaching staff, um, just in general, like stadium-wise, the facility, you know, all that, like, I didn't pretty really have that at LA Force. So it pretty much, like, makes me want to be better and go to the next level, you know. Like, it gives me, like, a little taste of what's the next level.
So when we look back at this season, what do you want the fans to remember you for? The goal score. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> so when we were getting started, you were uh, you were smoothing out the hair, making sure that you were you were looking right. I told you not to worry because, of course, you got, <laughs> you got me and Jeff on either side. Um, yeah. Huh? Rob Pineda, when he joined last year, oh, yeah. had just fantastic long hair that he ended up cutting. So he, I don't know that he's really the top guy in the hair game anymore. Who would I you know. say on the team is the guy with the best hair? Um, I would say Danny Navarro. He has a ah. curly hair. I always take yeah. himself out and and um, before practice and stuff like that. I was making sure he's looking on point. So I feel like he's the uh, next Ronaldo Pineda. <laughs> <laughs> the next Ronaldo Pineda. <laughs> so as you can tell, I'm I'm looking for people that I can live vicariously through with their good hairstyles. <laughs> um, so that's that's key to me. Also, have you had a chance to have any interactions with the mascot Rusty? Uh just one time at the I think at the kid reveal. Yeah. Uh oh, Alex is. I think he's a little hurt with this because he's he's kind of jealous about his relationship with Rusty. I think hopefully <laughs> he's going to come back over through here. He's he's quite a character. Rusty. You coming back, Alex? Yeah, I'm coming back. Oh, I'm okay. I, I thought I was had to do filler. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do filler. <laughs> go, go ahead, vamp for me for a second. All right, all right. So yeah, you gotta be careful with Rusty. You don't give him too much sugar because he'll be like a little kid running everywhere, and he gets a little too wild. But you want him a little bit hungry for matches. And yeah. so, because he's got to bring a little bit of attitude. And uh, so on the 22nd, you're going to be able to play in front of the hometown fans. And it's going to be against, I believe it's Fort Lauderdale. Should be easy. Correct. Should be easy. Correct. So how excited are you for the first game at CHI Memorial for you? Exciting, you know, like I mentioned, like the facility-wise, the stadium-wise, and just like having lights, you know. Um, yeah. I'm excited for that. So hoping uh, to see all the fans out there, and uh, my fiance will be out here for the whole opener. So it'll be a good, good environment, good cheering, um, good fans. So we should have a put in a show on. So it should be exciting. So can you guarantee us a hat trick for the home opener? Yes. Okay. You you heard <laughs> it. Guaranteed. Now Ricketts promised us a hat trick, and he's not delivered. So oh, we expect. Oh both of you to have hat tricks at this game so yeah that's a plan that's a plan obviously uh like <laughs> i remember i want i want to remember the goal scorer so i'm trying to <laughs> score as many goals i can there you go there you go i had a grandmaster plan to share with you the rusty third kit that i have created uh, but thoughts on uh, a third kit that is themed on Rusty the mascot. Would you be willing to wear it? It's pure white and pure rusty. I don't mind. You don't mind. It? Don't you don't mind, mind it. it? Okay. Honest. Yeah, I don't. All mind. right. I don't mind. I don't mind. It just, to be honest, I don't mind. All right. There we go. Extra, extra <laughs> approval. Rusty third kit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wish this into existence. 
It was um, an endorsement. That was, that was an endorsement right there. That's yeah. what I think that was. In real life, <laughs> how do you feel about the team's home kit? How excited are you to wear that red on red? Oh, it's it's nice. It's beautiful. I mean, it, it felt good wearing the all, but I can't wait to wear the all red. It's going to be look super nice, super fresh, and getting the three points with the first red kit. Uh, that's right. All right. Well, we want to thank you very much for your time, Jimmy. We're excited to watch you this weekend. And, of course, getting to see you in person in a couple weeks at the CHI Memorial Stadium. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And see you guys at 22nd. Should be exciting. See you then. And we're back. I'm doing the rest of this episode on my phone, so I can no longer see the outline. Adam, what's next? Uh, apparently, I get to make an arse of myself. Uh, oh, yeah, we needed to give you a chance to grieve. So... what are wh how? I mean, you're going to have to, like, actually work on a Thursday. What? Well, first off, that's not guaranteed yet. Thank you very much. We still have an outside shot at making that seventh spot. It's an outside shot. I'm still rooting for if we don't make it, we're at least we make don't make it in a way where we're above the Spurs. Uh, I don't know. It all comes down to this: it was are the are is Kroenke depending was they depending on Europa or or Champions League money in order to actually bring in some of the players that we need brought in? If the answer to that is yes, we get to be. You know, we, we get to be Everton for the next 10 years. If the answer to that is no, this could work out really to our advantage because we can put our entire focus on FA Cup and Premier League. We've proven we're a good FA Cup team. We're a good cup team typically. I mean, we made it to the semis in Europa. We won FA Cup last year. Uh, we've proven our ability to be a cup team. Um, so... I think that's a good focus. And yeah, we're, we're not going to have a bunch of midweek games, which means less injuries, less tiredness, and more ability to attack and get to the top four. So that's the bright side. The downside is we still have Kroenke as our, as our owners. That's not changing. Uh, and I don't know if Arteta is really the guy. And the reason I say that is, I don't look at the talent we had on the field for that Europa League match and think we should have lost that match to our former coach. We knew that coach. We knew his style. We knew what he did, and we didn't get it done ourselves. And if that's the case, I I, I didn't expect to win. I, I mentioned that in, in the lost episode that we did. I expected actually to lose that match, but I expected to lose it because they scored on us multiple times, not because we couldn't finish. And yeah, you could argue that we're th a one inch to the right on a header from winning that game one nothing and, and scraping by, but we shouldn't be in a position where we're having to scrape by in Europa League with the talent that we had on the field. Uh, there's arguments that could be, be made about the fact that we're having to start Granite Xhaka where we're having to start him in left back and that's not his role and that we were missing some key players, but even our backups to those key players were better than what the other team had on the field. So I'm worried about that in, but if you, if you ask me, my choices are we're going to spend the same amount of money and we're in Europa league again, or we're not going to spend the, or we're going to spend the same amount of money and we're not in Europa league. 
I would actually choose the latter because I would much rather get to Champions League by finishing the top four. Are you disappointed that they closed uh, the Super League and prevented you from being able to finish 10th place every year? Uh, I'm going to have to pass on that one. Um, I enjoy there's something humorous about the American fan that only follows the team they follow due to American players whose team was also in the Super League giving me a hard time for that. But uh, I'm going to pass on that one. I'm not going not gonna to take your bait. So, yeah. Okay. Well, now it's time for a fun segment we like to call Alex Has Questions. So this weekend we were uh, down in, or up in the Franklin, Tennessee area for the Red Wolves Academy um, your final tournament for the lower academy. Got to say, watching the growth of my son and his hard work, the, the coaches – and the Chattanooga Red Wolves Academy are doing a fantastic job of encouraging kids. Watching my my 10-year-old son play a version of Oblata Ball of high press and watching them, you know, reverse field, you know, break pressure, uh, shift a ball across from the left to the right or the right to the left, work their way down and make these passes. I mean, if you put my son now against 10-year-old Alex, 10-year-old Alex doesn't stand a chance. Uh, and so I've been very impressed. Um, but my, my question, are, are hotel soaps specifically designed to completely dehydrate your body while you're in the shower? What, uh, what's up with that? I've not had a problem with that. Really? really? I, Every I time. Actually... Every I time. actually steal hotel soaps. Like I, when I saw on your outline, hotel soap was one of the choices. I thought the question was going to be, do you also try to find the maid's cart to stock up on little tiny soaps so that you can feel like a giant when you're in the shower? That's what I thought you were going to go with. I'm a little disappointed that's not where you went. Every time I, would... I use them, I feel like I have just walked through a desert. Wow. Terrible. Mm. Terrible there, huh? Um, other question. So this youth tournament that my son was in, so you got six points for a win, three points for a tie, and you got a point for every goal that you scored up to three. So you can get up to nine points in a what? in a game. Why do we have to make this overly complicated? If if we're if we're organizing a tournament, the three of us, and we've got six teams, we're going to divide them into two groups of three. How how would you determine who moves on? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, if you're trying to, if part of the purpose is, is trying to teach youth the game, it makes more sense keeping the same uh, scoring structure that they're going to be seeing through the rest of their life. So that I just find that very confusing because you start with a six points and now you got a three points for a win. And so, yeah, I don't know why you don't just keep the existing points. It's just yeah. crazy, crazy, just, crazy. And this is the thing in my head. So if you win a game one nothing, you get seven points. You tie a game three three, you get six points. Mm, like, yeah, I, it doesn't. And it's almost like you're saying, well, scoring goals is more important. It's like not not necessarily like a one nothing victory is a really good victory. A three, nothing victory while easier to win. doesn't make it worth more. Like, 
Uh, that's weird to me. Very, very weird. Feels like we're all just making this way harder than it has to be. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Anyway, next question. Did uh, watching uh, Chelsea Manchester City on uh, Saturday, did, did you guys enjoy Billy Gilmore growing a mustache to try to make himself not look 13? Didn't work. <laughs> Didn't work. That's what I'm going with. Didn't work. <laughs> I, I was gone. I was abducted by pirates somewhere in Pigeon Forge. So I, I missed that I one. Uh, so final question. Hey, Adam, did you see? Did, did you see the lights at the stadium? Photo courtesy of Daniel Talley. There you, know, you go. I feel bad. All the people who spent a year clowning on us because we had to play a season without lights because because as you can see our brand new stadium with fifa a quality turf now has lights and those people's stadium still has a pitcher's mound yeah okay in their defense our stadium is not very good for playing baseball, so they've got that over us. <laughs> I would disagree. You put a you 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 set it up the right wiffle ball setup. You can have some fun because that's the equivalent that you'd be looking for. Because their soccer setup is the equivalent of playing little league seven on seven soccer. Bless you, Scout. T ball, T ball. That uh, that pretty much concludes. Alex has questions. Good deal. What uh, what do we got next? I believe uh, you're going to be talking about things overseas. Yeah, I believe it's time for a Biggleswade report. All right. Well, Biggleswade ladies, winners again. They're on a roll. Have to see if we can get them over to uh, to take on the Lady Red Wolves for a uh, for a friendly. We've got the Biggleswade ball. Oops, wrong shoulder. Defeating. <laughs> Defeating Alv Church, making its first appearance on video. Um, Biggles Wade United men, unfortunately, not able to come up with the victory and uh, were were uh, forced out of the Gladwish Spring Cup that they're playing here. Uh, the Biggles Wade FC, however, did have a victory in their friendly, uh, and their Biggles Wade reserves, the Biggles Wade FC reserves, are also moving themselves on in the tournament that they're currently participating in. So that is our Biggles Wade report. Oh, also starting Monday, fans are allowed back at those lower league stadiums. So folks head out to uh, Biggles Wade and you can actually watch the Biggles Wade United ladies. Secretary nice. Biggles Wade, send us a send us a kit. <laughs> Very nice. All right, guys, you got anything else for the good of the group? No. Jeff's on mute, so that's cool. Okay, but if he's on mute, then we can't hear him go. And bye. bye. I'm right here. He says he's right there. I don't believe him. I. He looks like a ventriloquist act. It's it's, uh, it's exciting. Guys. Yes. 
he he's having an out of body experience because his lips are not moving, but he's still talking. <laughs> it's it's impressive. Oh, and now he's gone. <laughs> he quit. He couldn't handle us anymore. The outtakes. Don't, don't follow the light, Alex. Don't follow the light. Sorry. Yeah. So the the outtakes for the video podcast are even better because they're going to see <laughs> us laughing at him. That he has no idea it's happening. So <laughs> we'll get that at the end.